Welcome to the Learn Live Gula podcast, where you will receive inspiration from talented women educators from around the globe. Thanks for joining. Good evening or good morning, whatever the time zone is for you. I would like to first um, echo the sentiments of previous shluchais and thank Mrs. Basi Rabashkin for allowing us to learn and share together. The sikha we're going to be looking at is the sikha from Tafshim Nunbeis, Misichas Shabbos Parshas Vayishlach, which was Tezzain Kislev of Tafshim Nunbeis. So the interesting thing is that the Kfiyas this year is exactly the same as the Kfiyas in Tafshim Nunbeis. And this Sikha is therefore quite relevant to our times today, of uh, this year. So one of the things the Rebbe says about this particular Shabbos is the interesting thing in general about Shabbos is that we know that the Shabbos itself sort of begins, in a sense, Erev Shabbos, which is the time that we eat of the food of Shabbos. Like we know, the Chazal tell us, Misha Tarak B'Shabbos, the Erev Shabbos, Yachub B'Shabbos, he who works Erev Shabbos, then gets to eat on Shabbos. So the preparation for Shabbos already begins on the Friday. And then you have the Shabbos itself. And then you have Shabbos that extends into the week until Tuesday, Yom Shlishi. As we know, we see that also in Halacha, just as an aside, that Havdalah can be made until Tuesday morning. So we see that extension practically. So the Erev Shabbos is Tes Vav Kislev. Shabbos itself is Tes Zayin. And the Tuesday of next week, of Parshas Vayishlach, after um, it's going to be Yutes Kislev. So the Tesvav Kislev, the middle of the month, which is when the Shabbos begins as such, Erev Shabbos, we know it's a time when the moon is at its fullest, when we actually have a full moon. So what we want to understand is this connection of Yutas Kislev, which is benched by the Shabbos beforehand. What is that connection between this Erev Shabbos Tesvav Kislev and to Yutas Kislev, which we know is our Chag HaChag, and it's a Rosh Hashanah for Hasidus. Another special thing about this particular year is that our this year we have also the same exact kfiyas as it was for the original Yotas Kislev, because the original Yotas Kislev was also on a Tuesday, when in Sefer Tehillim, the Alter Rebbe tells us he was saying Yom Shlishi, and he was saying the words of Padre B'Shalom Nashi when he found out that he was going to be freed. So this kfiyas is not just the same for Avstashim and Beis, but it's also the same kfiyas as it was at the original Yotas Kislev. Now, since everything in the Torah is very exact, we have to say that in general, then, Yutas Kislev, the Rosh Hashanah of Hasidus, is in some way connected to this Shabbos beforehand and gets some sort of kayach from Tesvav Kislev, this Erev Shabbos, when we have a full moon. So what is that connection? So in order to understand that, we have to first of all understand something quite interesting. Yotas Kislev is, we said, the Chag Ge'ula, it's Chag Ha'chagim, it's a Rosh Hashanah L'Chasidus. But it's quite different to most of our other Yom Yitavim. We know that we talk about the Shal Shrigal, and we have Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Pesach and Sukkot are both start on the 15th of the month, on the day when the moon is at its fullest, when we have a full moon. And at the same time, we also find that Shavuos also, um, the third of the Shal Shrigalim, as such, um, is also in the beginning of the month, even though it doesn't have a specific date in the Torah, it's the 50th date of the Aymer, but it will always fall out either the 5th, 6th, or 7th of Sivan, which is, again, the first half of the month when the moon is actually waxing, getting greater and greater each day. 
yet Yotesky slave, which is again we say our Chag Chagim, our Rosh Hashanah Lachasidus. Not only is it not on Tesvav of the month in the fifteenth when the moon is a full moon, but it actually is found in the second half of the month at a time when the moon is waning, when it gets less and less each day. So, and the same thing we see with Hanukkah. Also, the Yom Tov of Hanukkah is at the very end of the month, starting from Chav Hay. And it's also the time when the moon seems to be getting smaller and smaller each day. So how can we understand this? That such an important uh, Yom Tov of ours is, falls out at the end of a month when the moon is getting smaller. So to understand this whole concept in general, we have to recognize something else about the moon. So first of all, we know that B'nai Yisrael are compared to the moon, and not only that, but we also count our months and our days and our Yom Tavim by the moon. So what we see with the moon is that it gets greater from the beginning of the month until the 15th, and so in correspondence to the counting of our days of the month. So we go one, two, three, four, etc., and each day that we're counting, the moon is getting greater and greater. When we come to the second half of the month, you would think you, uh, that when the month when the moon is getting smaller each month, that perhaps we should have been counting downward, just like the moon is getting smaller, we should count our numbers downward. What we see is that it doesn't happen that way. As we count and as we get, as the moon gets smaller and smaller, the numbers of the month get greater and greater. And not only that, but if you look very carefully at the days of the month and the second half of the month, those days, the dates of the month in their gematrias are significant and they actually reflect good things. So for example, the number um, the number 17, Yud Zayin, is a gematria of Toiv, something good. The number 18 is Chai, Yud Ches is Chai. Yud Tes, 19, is a gematria of Betoiv, 20, is the same gematria as Yud, the fir- when it's spelled out in its complete form, Yud, Vav, and Dala, which is the first letter of Hashem's name. Number 21, Chaf Aleph, is, reflects, or hints to the Pasuk, Ach Taiv Yisrael, only good things will happen to B'nai Yisrael. Same thing, Chaf Beis, ref- hints to the Pasuk, Becha Yivarach Yisrael, in you, B'nai Yisrael will be benched. Mizpar Chaf Gimel, the gematria of Taiva, his goodness. And so on it goes until the very end of the month. So each one of the gematrias actually represents something very special and very good. What is the reason for that? So we say because we have a tzivu, we have a, a lesson that we know, we always go up in holy things and in good things. And that has to be in effect for the entire month, even in the second half of the month. So even after that, we see a full moon, each day we see... The days, in a sense, there's something that's getting greater and greater each day. So if that's the case, we have to understand what is the greatness, what what is getting greater and greater each day, at the same time that the moon's light seems to be getting smaller and smaller. So in order to understand this, we have to understand something else. The moon and the sun are actually representative of the relationship of a makabal and a mashpia. So... How do we see that? Because the moon doesn't have any light of its own. At the moment, we know that even though at Bria Sa'alam, the two Ma'aris were created to be equal, but shortly after 
they were created, the moon was minimized and does not have a light of its own. It just receives light. It reflects the light of the sun. So what is that telling us then? That during the time, during the month, what we see is that each day of the month, as we go from 1 to 15, slowly the moon is reflecting more and more of the sun until we get to the 15th day of the month and we have a full moon where the full reflection of the sun is seen in the moon. Now, even though we see a full moon, we still we recognize that it's still the moon as a macabre. It's just receiving the light of the sun. It's not its own light. And we know that that's not really the complete moon just yet, because eventually, in the times of Mashiach, we will see that the moon will become just like the sun. It'll return to what it was at the time of Briya Sa'ilam, when the sun and the moon were equal, and both were giving light. So what is actually happening in the first, the two halves of the month? So in the first half of the month, when the sun, when the moon is getting bigger and bigger, when we see the light more and more, what's actually happening is that the moon is actually moving further away from the sun. And the further it goes from the sun each day, the greater the light that we can see. In the second half of the month, when the moon is actually getting closer in space to the sun, the closer it gets, the less light we see. What is the reason for this? So the reason is something that we can relate to and we can actually understand even in our own relationships, is that in terms of a relationship between the mashpi and the makabel, it's such that the closer a um, makabel is to the mashpiya, the closer the person who is influenced is to the person who is be, he's being influenced by, the closer they get, then at that point, the makabel cannot give off light as it gets closer to the mashpiya. In other words, when you're receiving from another person, if you want to be able to receive properly, you have to be nullified. There has to be a certain bittle that you have to your mashpia to be able to receive from that mashpia. So the closer you get, the less of your own light can shine. So that means that as the moon is getting closer to the sun, we see less of its light because it's in a sense like the makabel and it's being nullified. Its own light cannot shine as it gets closer to the mashpia, to the sun. And the further away it gets to the mashpia, as it gets further and further away, then its own light can shine. So the further the moon is to the sun, that's when we can actually see the light. So we also have to understand what is the purpose of the moon coming closer to the sun. It's not just for the moon to get more hashpa, more influence from the sun, so it can shine again the next month. But really what's happening is that each month the moon is gaining more and more from the sun so that it can reach eventually the main part, which is the fact that the moon will become one with the sun and both of them together will be closer to the etzem, the essence that's actually greater than the sun light and the sun itself. So how do we get closer to the etzem? What happens when we get closer to essence? So here we have something that's a little bit counterintuitive essence itself cannot be revealed. So when you see light, light is not essence. Light is an uh, ray that comes from the essence. But the essence itself is always hidden. It's higher than what can be revealed. And therefore, when we see less and less light from day to day from the moon, what we need to understand is that as the moon gets smaller, what's actually happening is, is that it's actually getting closer and closer to essence, to 
Kesser to the level of Kesser, where to a Kesser that's above both the sun and the moon as is actually the source of both of them. Now, there's another important thing that we have to recognize about etzim, about essence and light, is that when we say the essence is hidden and the light is revealed, that is in relation to something outside of the essence itself. So because the other cannot as such tolerate the essence itself, therefore it only sees a light, and therefore we call it light. This reminds me very much of the Alter Rebbe, um, explanation in the Tanya and Shariyuchid Ve'amunah when he talks about the sun and the sun rays and the fact that the further you are away from the sun, then the sun rays can be something. But when you're very close to the sun, you're completely nullified. So in the sense here too, the sense that Etzem is higher than Gilui, it cannot be revealed. And therefore, when you're talking about an other, light is significant and they see the light. However, um, when you are one, when the two are united as one, then when the Mashpi and Makabal become one Kayach, and there's no there's not a relationship of Mashpi and Makabal anymore, but you're just one, you're equal, then the essence can be completely revealed. Then it's not a matter of essence that's above revelation and revelation and light, because you're all completely one. And so based on this, we can understand that when the moon gets smaller in the second part of the month, that the, what we see, that diminishing, that wa- waning of the moon, is only in the level of light. In other words, it's what we can see, because it's getting closer to the etzem that's actually higher than being able to be revealed. But it's not a minimization or diminishing of any way of the etzem itself. And that's why what we see is it's actually, in a sense, it's getting greater. The moon is getting closer and closer to the essence. And that's why the numbers of the month actually go higher and higher, showing us that there is something more happening every single day. This whole Indian is emphasized in the month of Kislev. Kislev is the third month of the winter months, and it corresponds to the third month of the summer month, which is the month of Montera, which is the month of Sivan. And just like the month of Sivan, we received the Tyra, Nigla, well, all, the Tyra itself, the whole Tyra. And so too, Chodesh Kislev is the month of Matan Tyra of Panimia Satyra, of Tarasa Chassidus, on Yates Kislev, which we said already before, is the Rosh Hashanah and the Matan Tyra of Tarasa Chassidus. So what's the idea? We know that a Matan Tyra is like the wedding day, the wedding between Hashem and B'nai Yisrael. That started in, in a way that Hashem was like the Mashpia and B'nai Yisrael was like the Makabal. So Hashem is giving us and we are, re- are the recipients. But Tachos Hashlemus, the point, the epitome of our union is going to be at the time when B'nai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch and B'nai Yisrael are actually one, Kav And that is something at that point in time when B'nai Yisrael, when it's in a very revealed way that Hashem and B'nai Yisrael are one, then we don't have to be a Meqabal from HaKadosh Baruch because it'll be quite in a very revealed way that B'nai Yisrael and Hashem are actually one thing. And that's what we see when we talk about the month, the third month, because what is the idea of three? Three shows a unity that's uh, that's quite special. So when you have two things, you have the number two, two represents one side and another side. But when you have three, three represents something that's complete and something that's completely united. You become one thing. The smallest uh, shape is a triangle that has three sides. You become one. So according to that, we can say that the full moon of Yudalar and Tesvav of the third month, which is the month of Matan Torah, the wedding of Hashem B'nai Yisrael, we can see that that's like the, 
that's the epitome. That's what we're aiming for, where the light of the moon is like the light of the sun. That the moon, that represents B'nai Yisrael, doesn't have to receive light from the sun, which was rep- represents HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because we become one with the sun. And that's the concept of Yisrael, and B'nai Yisrael, Yisrael v'kuchaprichu, kulochad, we become one. And this is actually seen more in Chayish Kislev even than in Chayish Sivan. Why? Because what's the difference between the months, the summer months and the winter months? So in the summer, the days are longer and the nights are shorter. So when a day is longer, what you see in a revealed way is the strength of the sun and the heat of the sun. And it's, it's quite strong and it's for many more hours than the nighttime. But in the winter months, the nights are longer. And of course, we're specifically talking about as it is in Eretz Yisrael. So that shows us that in Avaida, what is that telling us? That in the month of the summer, we're stressing much more the idea that the revelation of the Shemesh, Havaya, the sun, the Chama, the revelation from above to below, revelation of Akash Baruch Hu. Whereas when we talk about the winter months, what's stressed in the winter months is the Avaida of the Jewish people, the Avaida that we do, Milmat Lamaila, from below, what we accomplish down here. So therefore, when we have a full moon in the third month of the summer, in the month of Sivan, so there, because the revelation is really more about the sun, that's what we see more than the moon. So there, that means that what's emphasized is the difference between the mashpia, the sun, and the makabal, and the moon. So therefore, even when we see a full moon, all we're seeing is the fullness of the moon as a makabal, as something that's receiving light from the actual sun itself. But when we have the full moon in the month of Kislev, which is the third month of the winter months, since that comes about because of the work of B'nai Israel, the work of the moon, so there what we see is what is stressed at that time is the ultimate union that's going to be the ultimate wedding, that w- and union between Hashem and B'nai Israel, where we won't, won't see a relationship of Mashpia and Makabal anymore, but rather the Makabal itself will become like the Mashpia. The idea that in the future, the light of the moon will become like the light of the sun. B'nai Yisrael and Hashem will become one. This is also seen actually in the name of the month. Kislev is made up of two words. The first part of the word, the kis part, case, like the word kisoi, covering up, represents helam, something that's hidden. And lev, the second part of kislev, lamid vav, is a number 36, which in gematria is the same as ela. Ela is a demonstrative pronoun. It's when you can point to something. It shows on something that's actually revealed. So together, kislev, bringing these two words together into one word, shows us the connection of something that's hidden and something that's revealed. And what is that? That's hinting to the fact that the etzem, the essence, that's actually being concealed from the makabel will come into revealed state. Because there won't be this relationship of Mashmi and Makabal anymore, because we're going to become one. And this can also be seen in the in the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, which is at the end of the month. That we know that Hanukkah, one of the things that's emphasized on Hanukkah is the idea that it's Maisiv HaHelech, that every single day of the Yom Tov, we add one more candle. So we see that even though it's at the end of the month when the days, when the moon is getting smaller and smaller each day, yet the light of the Hanukkah Menorah gets more and more each day, which hints to the fact that really what is happening here is that the moon is getting, and we are getting closer and closer to the Etzem each and every day.
And this will help us understand the reason why the Rosh Hashanah of Tarsa Chassidus, which is a Chag HaChakim, is on the 19th day of the month, the second half of the month, and not like all the other Yom Tayyim that fall out either on the full moon, which is the 15th of the month, or in the first half of the month. What is the particular Mila of Rosh Hashanah of Chassidus and the Matan Tayyim of Tarsa Chassidus, as we call the Chag HaChakim? That is because this is the time when we begin the revelation of the Torah of Mashiach. And this Torah of Mashiach, we say, is Torah Chadash Me'iti Teitzei. It's like the, a new Torah. It's, why do we say it's new? It's not a different Torah, but that it's incomparable to the revelation of Matan Torah itself. Like Chazal tell us that the Torah Sha'an Lama Ba'al Mahatzeh Hevel Hilifnei Torah Sha'an Mashiach. All the Torah that we learn now in this world is considered like nothing compared to the Torah of Mashiach. Another main thing that's going to happen in the times of Mashiach is understood in terms of the marshal of a wedding. So when someone gets engaged, or someone's going to be married, then there are some there are presents that are exchanged between the, the chasan and the kala. But then when they actually get married, then there are many presents that are given, many more presents that are given. In the same way, when we had the Matan Taira, and in a sense it's like this entire world is like a rusin. It's like we are designated for our Kodesh Baruch Hu. But we're only given a small thing. We're given, what is a small thing we have? We have just, we just have the moon. So in other words, we're, it's like a relationship between Hashem and B'nai Yisrael in the sense that we have, we are able to be a Makabo from this Mashpia. However, when it comes, what is the true union? When is the true union going to be? When we become like one Mamish. And that is represented by this, the concept that the R of the Levana will be exactly like the R of the Chama, that Bnei Yisrael will no longer be like the moon who is receiving from the sun, but rather will be completely united with the sun. That Bnei Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch will be completely united as one. And now we can understand why Yitzhak Kislev is in the second half of the month. Because that second half of the month is the time when this is hinted, when we see that the moon is getting closer and closer to the the sun, and it's getting closer to become completely united with the sun, to become like one with the sun. So like the light of the moon will become like the light of the sun. And even more, we see that with the kafias of being on the Tuesday, on the Yom Shlishi, that that's a day that's being benched by the Shabbos of Tezayin Kislev, which is a day that this closeness of the moon to the sun begins, because Tezvav is when we have a full moon, and from Tezayin onward, the moon begins to get smaller and smaller because it's getting closer and closer to the sun. So once it's full and it's getting closer, that then happens up from Tezayin, it's going on until the Tuesday. And then we come to the Wednesday, Yom Revi'i. And what do we see there? As we know, we have Yutes Chof Kislev, the two days, Tuesday and Wednesday. Because on Tuesday we have, it's a day that Hukbal Bay Kitaiv, during Briyas Eilam Hashem said, Taiv. Twice, which it itself represents this notion of uniting what is above and what is below and becoming one. And then on the fourth day, what was the fourth day? On the Wednesday, Yom Ravi was the day when the two Ma'aris, Hagdailim, the two great luminaries were created and were put into the sky. Where And that at that point, the moon was not being macabre from the sun but they were two equally great luminaries. Thank you for listening. 
Now go inspire others to help propel our world to its ultimate purpose and perfection with the complete and final Geulah.